1: Good morning and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs, co-host TJ Inman. Uh, will be along with us shortly. We are recapping the spring game that happened a week ago tomorrow, uh, a 42-36 overtime win for the Crimson. And uh, we'll talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, what fans need to put, uh, pump the brakes on, and what they should actually be uh, concerned about. TJ, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well, Sammy. Yeah,
2: excited to, excited to talk about the spring game. i um, shed some light on a few things. And uh, I think, unfortunately, left, um, left more questions than answers, which is understandable. But uh, And I don't mean that because of the quality of play, just because of the number of guys we didn't see on the field
1: yeah and that that was probably the biggest takeaway um Unfortunately, I did not watch the game live. I ended up watching it the next day on b t n to go but I followed on twitter and one of the yeah. biggest things to me was the absolute meltdown that people had when Richard Lego threw his interception to uh Richard Fant. It's something I was looking for in the game um you know looking why he struggled a little bit early. Uh, and things like that. The the pick was bad. It was right to – it was almost like Richard Fant was the wide receiver running the route for him. Um, But it it was a bad throw. But he rebounded and had a nice night uh, going, I think, 20 – a little bit over 50% completion percentage. Needs to get better. Uh, But he threw two touchdowns – or he threw a touchdown, uh, completed a two-point conversion to tie the game to go into overtime. Uh, had 199 yards and he's working with, you know, half of the the weapons he would have in the regular season. So um, to me, and, and we'll start off with, with Lego, because that's probably the most pressing uh, issue that IU has right now in terms of you know players on the field and performance wise uh, availability and health is another issue, but we'll get to that uh, in a little bit. Uh, to me, um, it, it comes down to footwork, I think. It, it's, they mentioned it on the broadcast that his throws are sailing high because of his footwork, and you know, maybe some of that is due to you know playing behind linemen who he probably wouldn't play behind in the regular season unless there was an injury or something, uh, or not having his regular group of receivers but um his footwork needs to get better in the off season he needs to become more consistent uh and you know he needs to take care of the ball it's the same issues that that popped up last season but i i still think he's the number one quarterback uh, there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to start the season as the number one quarterback um i was very very encouraged by Peyton Ramsey um uh, which yeah it's great. He had great command of the offense. Uh, he showed that he could run, although in the spring game it's really tough to gauge quarterback's running abilities just because you're not allowed to hit the quarterback. And there were some plays that were kind of 50-50 where, you know, he got off a big run that maybe would have been, a, you know, a sack or or for no gain um, that, that counted. But we'll, we'll see how it goes from there. But it looks like IU has a quality quarterback. Uh, for t- 2018 and beyond. And then, of course, you have Nick Schronte coming in in the fall. Um, the most disappointing quarterback uh, to me was Austin King. Uh, watching the game, Austin King, he looked confused. Um, there are a couple plays where he ran into his running back or alignment. Um, just, you know, I, I, I think he completed one or two passes for like four yards. Uh, he just didn't look ready for Big Ten football. So, um coming out well, of it, as spring practice. It, it's, it's telling how many
2: snaps he got versus what Rams he got. Um I mean it, it's it's so telling it was about like two how far a, to a third. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe, how even far even
1: gap more. maybe it's even
2: 75-25. Yeah, it tells me how far of a gap the coaches see there being. Uh you know, they obviously see these guys every day, no what they're capable of, the work that they're putting in um, and know kind of where they're at in terms of being ready to contribute on the field. Uh, And and there was a pretty clear game plan that that even before King got in there and struggled, that that Ramsey was going to be the the primary leader for that team, uh, for that side of the uh, brain game. So it was not just on the field what you saw, but, but, what you saw in terms of kind of a window into what the coaches thought, it's pretty telling that Ramsey, uh, very clear cut number two. And I agree with you. I thought his play was very encouraging. And his mobility uh, does offer some interesting thoughts and ideas for, um, you know, maybe a few packages we see put in place for the season. Um, I don't know about bacon and legs type stuff, but. Uh, Say I, I do think Ramsey is a, a better thrower than Diamont. Probably not as quick as Diamont, but he is bigger. Um, I think that you might maybe see some some packages put in to get Ramsey uh, some snaps in games, you know, in the kind of the flow of the offense. Put him in for a few series here and there. Allow him to use his mobility. Um, you know, maybe with Isaac James as well. Uh, and, and put something together with those two, or with James and Ntiti and Ramsey. Um, I think there's personnel to get creative and have Ramsey in there use his mobility a little bit along with his throwing ability um, to kind of keep defenses off and, and, you know, maybe sparking off the offense if it's sputtering a little bit, or um, maybe just. You know, if, if a defense is, is seemingly keying in on Lego or, or whatever I use doing an offense, just throw a little change-up in there for, for part of the game and, and get Ramsey some minutes. And I thought we saw enough from him to, yes, feel good about future seasons uh, with him and, and Tronte, Um but also maybe for this season to feel good about his ability to um, contribute on yeah. the field this season in some role.
1: Yeah, you have a quality backup, which is something that IU hasn't had uh, since you know Trey Roberson and uh, Nate Sudfeld and and Cam Kaufman were all together in 2013. Um, right. You know, I would feel a lot more comfortable. Let's say Lego gets banged up in a game to put uh, to put Ramsey out there than I would a Diamond. He's less uh, one dimensional. He could throw the ball. Uh, yeah. He could run. He has good command of the offense. He's not running around like uh, like a chicken with his head cut off when the ball is snapped. Uh, so, but you made a good point on on coaches seeing practice, uh, and that's why this whole you know hullabaloo about uh, about Richard Lego is kind of overblown with fans. Look, we did not get to see a lot of practice this year uh, in terms of team stuff, and we basically sure. just saw the quarterbacks throw without a rush. Um, and if there was a rush, it was, you know, a, the left side of the line, then the right side of the line and things like that. Um, so, you know, he was named the most outstanding offensive player for the spring. So, you know, you got to trust your coaches, what they see every day um, from their players. And if he earned that, then, you know, he had a good spring. Uh So, you know, you take what you want from the spring game. It is one practice. Uh, Sometimes guys have a bad day. It it was just a bad start. I thought he played well down the stretch. Um, He made some good throws. And just imagine if he had his full arsenal of weapons of running backs, if you put Ian Thomas and and, uh, Nick Westbrook out there, um, and then one of your starting slot guys. Now, IU was without a lot of players on Thursday night, Um, The only running backs to play were A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez, and Ricky Brookins. My biggest concern is running back health. And it's a concern because all these guys have injury history. Uh, You know, Camion Patrick has always been banged up since he's been at IU, a case of a little bit of bad luck. Um, And then Mike Majette, Devontae Williams have dealt with injuries their whole career. And Cole Guest was injured after – in the middle of three games last year, so each of these guys who sat out in the spring game has an injury history, and you know you're talking about your top four guys, and then you know yeah. Ricky Brookens and Alex Rodriguez both played well in the spring game, but they're two guys you're not gonna do a lot with it if they're your two main guys in the regular season. It's um, you're you're gonna have two freshmen coming in as well with Craig Nelson and. Morgan Ellison, who could play, but he's really hesitant to start or even play uh, true freshman if you don't need to. So, to me, getting uh, these running backs healthy and having them available is my biggest question mark because they, you know, it's not like it's happened once, you know, happened once or it just happened this spring. They have a long history of being banged up and not being able to play 12 games in a season.
2: Yeah, it it is a concern, and Tavonetti also included in that group, not with the really past injury history, but um, he also uh, did not play. Um, yeah, I I do think, and we know that you know running back is a very tough position on the body, um, and you need Especially multiple the backs throughout the season. Yeah, you need you need multiple backs throughout the season, and uh, you're probably going to play. Uh, you know, in a normal game with with everybody healthy, you're probably going to play four or five of those guys, and that's not counting their work on special teams. But, you know, situational, they come in for a couple of plays here and there. You're probably going to have one or two guys get the bulk of the work, but there's there's going to be, you know, four or five guys getting carries during the course of a game. Uh, And then we saw quite a bit of, you know, passes to the tailbacks, uh, especially Ricky Brookens, who had a nice day receiving, um, uh, you know, that's going to be another part of the running back's work. And I think that we'll see an increase of that under Mike DeBoard, which I'm encouraged by. Uh, we'll talk about that here in a little bit, kind of what we saw from Mike DeBoard um, in, you know, a basic game plan. But still, you can kind of read between the lines and, and take a little bit from it. Um, but, yeah, the running back health is a huge concern because in a perfect world, you could redshirt uh, Nelson and Ellison. You could redshirt them, bring them on, and then, you know, have uh, have them step into roles as redshirt freshmen uh, because you have enough talent on the roster to have a really good running back group if – that talent is available. Um, you know, your one of your best assets can be availability. And if you're not available, you're not really any good to the program. And that's not to say that they are getting yeah. hurt on purpose. It's not to say that they are, you know, weak it's, it's or that they are happening. soft. Right. It's just unfortunate is what it is. It's it's bad luck. It's unfortunate. And it's, it's happening – Right now, it's fine. You know, for it to happen right now, it's fine. They didn't play in the spring game. It stinks for us as fans because we didn't get to see them. And it stinks for them as players because, you know, they're playing. They, they're, they're players. They like to the play, especially, you know, in front of a crowd. So it stinks for them and it stinks for fans. It, it doesn't hurt the season, but if it continues, and as you said, there's reason to expect that this will happen during the season. All at once, there's reason to expect that Devontae Williams and Mike Majette will miss games during the season because we've seen it every year they've been at IU. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a big concern, and it's something that I, I'm not sure how you remedy it. And where it could impact things is if, if these guys barely practice in the fall in order to kind of keep them uh, – an attempt to keep them healthy and ready to go for when the season kicks off, you know, the timing is going to be a little bit off for the offense. It, it just is. If they're not practicing, it's going to be a little bit off, and it's going to take a little bit of time for them to, you know, adjust to things. And Indiana simply doesn't have time for that to happen. So no, uh,
1: that, is, that is one concern where it might impact the season
2: before the, the season even starts.
1: Yeah, and, and that's coming with, you know, a new offensive system and, and basically yeah. an entire new offensive staff. Guys are fighting for roles, and that that's the big thing about um, spring practice. And the offensive line have, turnover. And the offensive line turnover as well. But you have guys battling for positions. And, you know, if you were missing, you know, a handful of practices and the spring game, you're inevitably going to fall behind um, – guys who who are available and who are practicing. I mean, Devontae Williams is having yeah. a great spring and looked to jump over Mike Pajet. Then you saw he went down. He didn't play in a spring game. Ricky Brookins looked yeah. like Appar- he could be a, a, a nice to, rotation game.
2: To be fair, I, it does not appear that – it appears that the majority of these guys were held out – for largely precautionary reasons. That's not the case across yeah. the board, but I do wonder if this was a regular season game, you know, how many of them would have played. Uh, so, you know, that that is to temper the fears just a little bit. Uh, it's unclear, you know, how serious any of these are, but it's not expected uh, based on what we've heard. It, it's not like, oh, these guys are going to be, recovering from whatever injury they have for two to three months um you know the big thing is is really just it continues to be you know little nicks and you know ankle sprains here um you know uh, sore sore this or or cracked bone this or whatever the injury might be just a lot of and i i call them minor not to again not to say oh they should play through that or whatever but they're not you know, these were not like serious injuries in in terms of football injury. So um, there's at least of that to kind of temper the fear a little bit. So, uh, but I, I totally agree with you. And it, it it was kind of the biggest headline to come out of the spring game for me was well, here's all the people we didn't see that we were looking forward to see on the field, and that's kind
1: of a familiar injury list, and that's not great. Uh, And you you missed out on Nick Nick Westbrook. Uh, Danny Friend is recovering from an injury as well. Uh, So a lot of the weapons that that Richard Lego would have at his disposal were not there. Um, And and I think come the regular season, and maybe not against Ohio State, but if you have Simi Cobb, Nick Westbrook, um, maybe Isaac James in the slot, uh, Pacer Mack in the slot, Luke Timmy in the slot, guys like that, you know, he's going to have more than one target on the field at a time. And uh, yeah. let's get down to Mike the Board's offense. Um, outside of a few trick plays, the Isaac James pass and the Marcelino ball run, which had everybody talking about how they're going to be a two way player now, um, which I think is silly. I, I just don't see it. First of all, that run, it, it was a nice run, but he was dead to rights in the backfield, like for a loss of 20. Um, and, and he just made the guy miss, and, and then went on. Um, but I, I could really see them using Isaac James in that in that type of uh, type of role for, for some gadget plays yeah. um, and things like that. He's him. a former quarterback. Yeah, and, and he's he's a guy who coaches have admitted they had very low expectations coming into spring about didn't really know anything about him, and he's a guy who caught people's eyes. This is why spring practice is important for guys like Isaac James. He had been banged up um, his true freshman year, redshirted, played sparingly his redshirt freshman year, and now coming into spring practice, he's opening some eyes by making some plays in practice, making some plays in the spring game, and it is very likely going to be in that wide receiver rotation come the fall. So I'm very impressed with Isaac James. Simi Cobbs looks like he's back at 100%, which is good. Uh, the tight ends, if um, I, I one, use tight one ends. One quick ends at note. Ten... One quick note. Yeah, on go comps. ahead. Uh, I,
2: I thought he, and maybe this was just me forgetting, because he's always, um, not always, but since his probably second year on campus, he's he's been a, uh, you know, more than just a tall guy. I mean, he's kind of, you know, a physically imposing guy. But I, I do think he looked um, noticeably thicker. Uh, yes, possibly more, more muscular, especially in the upper body, um, that, and I, 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 we have not heard that that's definitely the case. But I, I just thought he looked more toned, um, and uh, I, I think he looked the part of an NFL receiver uh, on on the spring game. Uh, I didn't, John Gordon. Uh, the Big Ten Network stream caught him talking to Tom Allen. They did not play the whole conversation, but you heard uh, John Gruden say something to the effect of, well, let's talk about that number one, that wide right receiver you got. And, you know, Gruden, I, I don't know if he Gruden knew his name or he times. called him by the number or whatever, but he, I mean, from the from the tone of his voice and from kind of what he was saying, it was pretty clear he was impressed by um, just watching uh, watching Simi Cobb's run routes and and warm up and um, you know this I think it was the second drive for Simi Cobb's team. Uh, Lego found him a couple of times, uh, including one where he kind of ragdolled the defender. On a route and uh, got himself open for a touchdown. So, um, yeah, Cobb, I thought looked very good physically, and certainly appears to be ready to to retake his uh, place among the Big Ten's best receivers.
1: Yeah, yeah and you're you're 100 right on that. He looks bigger um, when we saw him in winter workouts. You know, he'd be working out with his shirt off. He he does look bigger than he did last year. Maybe that's you know, with with a leg injury, there's only so sure. much you could do in the gym, and maybe that's focusing on your upper body, um, doing some upper body cardio, things like that. So, you know, he's had a whole off season, or at least, you know, six to eight weeks where he probably couldn't be running at full speed or, or things like that on on an ankle that required surgery, where he bulked up. Uh, his upper body, but he does, He looks the part of that number one receiver. And if you haven't watched the spring game on on btn to go I do so. You don't have to watch the whole thing. You can fast-forward or whatever. But Gruden, they interviewed John Gruden a couple of times, and then they had Coach Allen was mic'd up as well. Uh yep. And they, they were talking – he – Gruden mentioned simi Cobbs four or five times. Uh, I think, and I and is coming out now with the YouTube series with Gruden and the coaches, and I'm sure they'll mention him in there as well. Uh, so having John Gruden at the spring game, uh, you know, on Twitter, there's like some Michigan idiot uh, fan was like, how much did IU pay to get him there? They didn't pay him anything. This guy, he had some IU ties. He grew up in Bloomington. Um, he said he won a, a, a City title and and Little little League there. And, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go down to his presser and talk to him. But from what uh, Alex and David told me who were there, he's a very genuine person. And if you watch the interview, he's genuinely excited to be a part of this program. And I expect to see a lot more uh, John Gruden in the future with IU. Uh, And and I, I just don't think he's faking it when he's talking about IU. And that's, uh, you know, and, and we'll get to our mailbag later in the week, TJ. But one of the questions we had is, you know, what's John Gruden's role going to be in the future? And, you know, he's – it might be as a um, as a, a consulting tool. Uh, you know, he's working for ESPN. I don't know if he wants to get back into coaching. He may. Um, but during the off season, he could come in, talk with the coaches, uh, do some, you know – Consulting work, as you know, most coaches do. Have him come in, try and you know see what IU is doing, things like that. So it, he might be a nice tool for IU to have, and it doesn't hurt yeah. recruiting to say, hey, we have close relationships with John Gruden, who runs the Gruden quarterback camps. Does a lot of stuff for the NFL draft, has a lot of connections in the NFL, and things like that. So I think this is a great relationship that IU is going to. Foster, and it's it's exciting and refreshing to see somebody like John Gruden actually be excited about IU football. So I, I appreciate that from him. I wish I was down there and all that stuff. Uh, let's take a look at the defensive side of the ball. We have not talked about defense yet. Um, one one more note. Eight, one more note on the offense. Yep. The the tight ends,
2: the tight ends, uh, especially Ian Thomas. Uh, they got some balls at least. That's um, yeah. Sean, that's a plus. You know, we knew that was coming. Yeah, we knew that was coming, and it did. I thought Ian Thomas in particular, um, you know, we'd heard that he'd had a very strong spring, and, uh, you know, he was involved, and that's that's great. It was to see them targeted in the red zone. Hooray for that. Uh, and it resulted in a touchdown. What do you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, last season, as you all know, I used tight ends to 10 catches in the spring game. The trio of them had seven catches, five for Sean Bonner, and then one each for – um for Ian Thomas and Austin Doris. Uh you know, we'll see how they get used in the regular season, but the way they used them in the spring game uh leads me to believe that they'll be a regular target uh for Richard Lego in the in the regular season and and in the future. Uh Ian Thomas looks apart. Plus TJ, how awesome were those visors that uh you know, like P was wearing, and Marcelino was wearing and Ian Thomas is wearing, they look like those old-school NFL, you know, yeah. you can't see the ride's visors. They look awesome. Um, yeah, Whether I
2: always, or not I always think of RoboCop
1: season. when I see them. I don't know if yeah, uh, anybody else sees
2: RoboCop, but, yeah, no complaints. That was, yeah, I, so let's, I know that we'll have, they'll have some type of new, either wonder uniform, or a new wrinkle of the uniform or something. Uh Every year as part of the Adidas contract. And uh, that's, the visors are, are not the wrinkle, but certainly another, just another part of the style game, I guess. And um, that was much better than some of the other accessories that get slapped on, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. And, and let's start focusing on the defense a little bit, and then we'll sure. get into some special teams. Defense gonna be real quick. Um, you know, it's the first time in forever where yeah, it's hard. we to we've been so focused on the offense and we feel very comfortable with the defense. I mean you have guys like uh Richard Fatback, Ashawn Riggins, T Gray Scales, um Jonathan Crawford who had two interceptions, um you know, all those guys, Chase Dutra, who was outstanding um special teams player this spring which is great to see from a fifth-year senior who has lost his starting spot, is that he's coming out working hard and making a difference on special teams. That leads me to believe that Tom Allen's buy-in is at peak level. Uh, And, you know, to get a fifth-year guy like Chase Dutra to be a difference maker on special teams is outstanding. Um, And then you have guys on the defensive line, Greg Gooch, Robert McRae, uh, Nate Hoff who I, I don't think we saw Nate Hoff on, on Thursday night but you have playmakers at every level uh, the, the few questions we have is who's going to replace Marcus Oliver is it going to be I wish we saw Chris Covington but he was banged up at the end of spring um, and then you have Mike McGinnis who has proven himself at the true code level will need to prove himself again but he had a very good spring as well his uh, spring game was I mean the defensive spring game was okay it's just hard you know you're not going to go you know 200 percent like you would in in the regular season and in, in tackling and all that stuff you don't want to hurt your guys on the other side um right. we'll see mike mcginnis had a great uh had a nice spring and then you know on the defensive line who's going to spill in for ralph green and and patrick doherty if you said if you bet me $100 last season that we would talk about replacing Patrick Doherty this season, I would have called you crazy. Uh, But he had a a very solid year. Ralph Green had a very, very good year and and replacing those two guys on the defensive line and adding some speed. As we saw last year, they needed that edge speed rusher just to get, you know, if you get there a half a second earlier, um, you, you might beat some of these teams and you know, you, you saw some of that. You know, Jameer Bowen looks like a, a guy who could be a rotation player. Um, Juan Harris looks looks very good. He needs to get his conditioning in order so he could be an every down lineman. Jerome Johnson played very well. And then you saw Greg Gooch and Robert McRae and Alan Stallings was in there. And then you have all these freshmen coming in uh, in the fall on the defensive line. So you got to feel pretty good about this defense going into uh, going into the fall. Yeah, it's really hard
2: to tell anything from the spring game um, defensively, uh, but I, I have very few concerns about, you know, the number of points given up. I know that if you just look at the score, you're like, oh, it's kind of a shootout. Well, give well have been, the field goals, well, I mean, the field, field goals, the you know, and then the the, the penalty that was the uh, flag. allowed. I mean yeah. yeah so picked up flag at the well,
1: end it, which T J score as an was an IU fan. The was... picked well, yeah, up flag gotta, as an IU fan, that happens when they're playing Michigan, sure. the referees pick up the flag them? if Michigan makes that play. Every yep. time. Um so it it was really like a real game. Um so let's, yeah, you're yeah. right, defense. Tom Allen getting ready questions. for it. That's right. Yeah, very few questions. Let's go to special teams. Um, sure. I don't know how much they showed it live uh, on on BTN but on the replay, they did not show much uh, of of Hayden Whitehead and the and the kicking. Uh, I think Griffin Oaks missed one of his field goals, which is good, I, I guess. I um, but. It, they, I, they were, we don't, from we don't watching know. The There's stream, no, you had no idea.
2: Well, from watching the stream, you had no idea how many kicks were being taken, who was taking them. Um, they mentioned, I think the only punt they even mentioned as being by a specific punter was the first one by Conrad. Um, outside of that, yeah. they, they really didn't mention anything about special teams during the live stream, so...
1: So, but luckily uh, it's we had two difficult. people there. Yeah, luckily we yes. had two people there who actually saw it. Um, and, right. you know, from field goal kicking wise, there was no rush. Um, you know, it wasn't totally live. They lined up like it was live and then went, you know, it looked like 50%, maybe 25%. And those are takes you got to make, you know, 100% of the time. So, we'll see. Hopefully, Griffin Oaks has gotten out of his funk. They're going to need a kicker this year who could knock down big field goals because if they want to break through, uh, they're going to need to play well at every level. And Special teams is that. uh, Punting-wise, I was told that there were lots of that Hayden Whitehead uh, definitely impressed. He had several kicks uh, that went 60, 50, 60, 70 yards. He had a huge leg. Um, we'll see. Again, it wasn't live punting. They lined up like it was live, but it wasn't, you know, totally live. Um, Joseph Gideon had been rehabbing. He didn't punt. So, to me, this is where spring practice matters. Um, you know, if Hayden Whitehead shows like he did, I believe it's his job to lose going into fall camp. Um even though he's coming from Australia and and has never played American football before. He showed the talent and the big leg that IU brought him here for and should be able to take over uh, take over the, the punting job. Now, there were no returns, which makes sense because you're not going to put your guys at risk uh, with doing that with the limited rosters in the spring. So we'll have to wait for the fall to see that. Uh, But it is encouraging to hear that they are working on special teams every day and put a real emphasis on it uh, because special teams have been one of the bugaboos over the last couple years. That's really, I mean, it's really made me frustrated in in how IU has been playing because there have been games where special teams have decided, you know, you you could go back a couple years and special teams might be the biggest reason why IU lost uh, to to Ohio State in 2015. They run that fake punt, and then Eric Toes every time he punted, was a line drive to Jalen Marshall, and he returned it like 20 yards each time. So yep. if you have a punter that flip the field, uh, in 2014, uh, I know it would have been tough to beat them, but they had a lead. Uh, they were getting the ball back, and uh, and uh, Camp Johnson put, him, put a long dart into the one-yard line, which I still think is the best punt I've ever seen. Um, it mm-hmm. hit at the one-yard line. It just died. That just never happens. And IU turned the ball or punted, and Jalen Marshall returned it for a touchdown. And that that was all they wrote. But you know, there have been a lot of games that special teams has, has decided where now, if you put an emphasis on it, play well on special teams, you could start you know winning those closer games. And instead of finishing six-six, you finish seven, five, eight, four, and win some games that you've been losing in the last couple of years.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, it's,
1: there's a uh, very small margin
2: between, uh, you know, probably four or five of your games every season. Uh, and, you know, particularly when you're playing quality opponents, which I use going to do for, oh, I'd say probably, like, Nine or ten of their games this coming year, and um, you know there's a very fine line between winning and losing those games. And if you can, you know, increase your field position by five to ten yards on average uh, over the course of a game, uh, that's that's big. You know, it, it their advanced statistics will show that special teams uh, excellence versus you know where IU has been. Uh, recently, can can flip games by as much as seven points, uh, and that you know if you go back through the schedule and look the past few years at what a difference that would make, you know if you would improve by six to seven points just based on uh, going from bad to really good on special teams, which we don't know if you will. Um, but we know that they're focusing on it now, where they haven't in the past. So you're going to improve a little bit, at least, just by focusing on it. can um, look and make look at what a difference six to seven points would make. Um, it'd be big, you know. Like you said, it'd be seven and five or eight and four instead of six and six. that you're talking about you're talking about the uh, you know, increasing uh, and improving the entire trajectory of of your program just because people are going to see eight four instead of six six it opens up doors for new recruits uh you wouldn't have been able to talk to otherwise and uh it's a big deal i mean it, it's a something that people don't focus on they quote small thing you know you yeah oh we're going to punt so i'll get up and take my bathroom break or or whatever uh it's it's a third phase of the game it's not it's not offense or defense, but it's still a big part of the game. So it's good to see Indiana focusing on it for sure. And I, I do think the yeah. Whitehead. Um, I'd be stunned if Whitehead is not two things that I'd be really shocked by after the spring game. Um, I'd be shocked if Hayden Whitehead is not the punter. And you know the the Big Ten network announcers. Uh, I thought they did a pretty good job during the spring game, but. Uh, they said a few times that Simi Cobb's will, you know, has two years left in Bloomington. Well, I'd be shocked if Simi cobbs spent two more years in Bloomington. Uh, we have not heard anything, no insider information. I'm just going based off of what I see and based off of what I believe Simi Cobb's is capable of, uh, and what I saw on Thursday that I, I I saw he was back to you know being. A player that, that we know he's capable of being physically coming off that injury, that was the only unknown for me. After what I saw, I'd be stunned if this was not his last season in college football. So um, those are two things that I see coming out of the spring game. Whitehead will certainly be the punter, I think, and I think will be a huge upgrade for Indiana. And Timmy Copps, I think, will uh, will show himself to be, good enough to forego his final year of eligibility and be a pretty high pick in the draft in twenty eighteen. So um, overall, uh, it was it was fine. I mean it was it was fine. The only notable injury to come out of it was Richard Fant with a scary incident. Uh towards the end of the game, a collision with, with Ricky Brookins. Um, and he was able to get up, walk off under his own power and as far as we know uh Richard Fant will be just fine uh, off of that. So that was good. That was the only real notable thing. I'm sure some guys got banged up, but that was the only notable sort of uh, on-field incident. So that's the most important thing is to, to not get anybody else hurt. We've got enough of that already.
1: Yeah, and um... – yeah, you know, hopefully fans okay. Uh, I doubt we'll get an injury update this spring. No. IU just doesn't give out injury information. Uh, so, you know, when it comes time for um, fall camp, media days, and fall camp and stuff, we'll see if he's out there. He should be. It looks like a head injury, as we know those could be tricky. But he has a lot of time between now and uh, the end, end of July, beginning of August. And, and, and he could definitely okay. be
2: the he could definitely be the representative
1: for uh, for the defense at,
2: at media day. It could be him if he, if he sends three. I would not be surprised to see it be um, Lego um, uh, Lego scales and fans. I would not be surprised to see that um, if he yeah, sends three. So I good. guess we'll know if if he's if he's not. Even included in any any media day stuff, then maybe maybe there's something going on, uh, possibly that we'll we'll certainly ask about it. But like you said, there's not likely to be any information coming out about that for quite some time.
1: Yeah, definitely, and and that's you know we'll, we'll see, uh, but that's the beauty of of media days. Uh, final thoughts on the spring game, TJ. I, I thought you know I I kept trying to go through five things I. I took away from the spring game, and it ended up being really repetitive. But one of the things yeah. that I, I wanted to to take away was that, you know, how good it was for the IU football program. I, you know, it, it looked like there was a solid crowd there. It sounded like it on yeah. on yeah. TV. The pictures from all the IU social media accounts with um, with I, I'm sorry, my dog's going crazy in the background. It might be a squirrel outside or something. Uh, <laughs> I get it, so um we it, you I, know you as, have as the, a quick
2: aside as a quick aside, the new coaches uh that are part of the new offensive staff um they're they are very good at social media i mean they they do seem to get it um yeah,
1: but, uh, I, I they they the don't take themselves too DeVord. seriously,
2: oh yeah, Mike the I, I who knew i mean goodness, you know they're they're no, i i they're positive upbeat. But they also, they know most how of the time, it's, it's, pretty it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. pretty funny. Um, I like it. So that, you know, going back to the IU social media, the, the, the Fan Fest, uh, the Kids Camp, the, I, I think yeah. the tailgate where they had free food, it all looked fun. And then you had John Gruden there and, you know, Tom Allen was mic'd up, and, and he got some good quotes from Allen saying he was blessed to be at Indiana, and that's how I think the fans are going to embrace him. Uh, he's the guy, you know, under Wilson, sure, he was a he was a, a good coach and, and all that stuff, but he, it always seemed like he had one foot at the door, where this is Tom Allen, you know, and a lot of people compare him to Coach Hep, um, yeah, in, in his attitude, and I agree with that. You know, Coach Hepp, Thought IU was his destination job, and sadly it it was his final job. But Tom Allen, you know, he said, every time I I drive up to the stadium, I, you know, I, I thank God or something like that, and and feels blessed and and and, and right. things like that. So, you know, he wants to be here, and his energy is unbelievable, and, and you saw that carry over in the spring game. So I thought the whole production from the Big Ten Network. And the IU um, media crowd uh, was, was terrific. I thought it painted IU in a great picture. Um, and, and there was just everything positive. And then you got an awesome spring game. It went into overtime. the big plays uh, on both sides of the ball. And as a couple of our commenters had said, you know, it, it's good for the program to see two teams, you know, randomly selected be that even. That means you have, you know, a good depth. Um, usually you see some of these uh, these games where it's so lopsided because you're going, you know, either there's no depth on either side, there's it's just one sided. So I I thought IU was the big win winner coming out of Thursday.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't have any disagreements there. I think um you know, I think there's not a whole lot of individual definitive takeaways you can you could take from it, as we talked about here coming into the game and, and here in our post game analysis and all the articles, uh, so many guys were missing that really that ended up being the biggest takeaway is that you know there's still a huge amount of mystery surrounding specifically the offense coming into the 2017 season. That was probably going to be the case no matter who played on Thursday, but it's especially the case since we have not seen so many of these players in the roles that they're going to be in. Uh, and it, it's it's a big question mark. It, it's exciting. I mean, I think there's a ton of positive momentum and excitement surrounding the program, and that's great. Uh, it's also – Uh, I think makes for a very fun season or fun off season to just do a lot of speculating about uh, who might, you know, step in what roles and who might be lining up where and where they are on the depth chart, and all that stuff. Uh, And now we begin the period where we, you know, can just think about that. That's all we'll have to think about football wise for the next, I don't know, when, with fall camp start?
1: Wow. Wow. Generally with, speaking, you know, with usually August first uh, or the first week of August. Um And yeah, we'll see this year because paper. they start August thirty first. We have a we have one hundred and thirty seven days um, okay. from today. That that means there's thirty seven days until our hundred day countdown and you know the start of our summer program and all those things. Yep. So. You know, magazines should be coming out uh, with their previews uh, at the end. Of, there, usually so. at the end of May. Yeah, most of them yeah. out Memorial Day. I think Athlon comes out a little bit earlier, a couple weeks earlier. Uh, but most of them come out Memorial Day. My favorite part about Memorial Day is going going to the bookstore um, and looking at the magazine racks. Uh, other than that, I, I mean it's. You know, hopefully they, they keep us in the loop uh, in terms of showing us workouts uh, and, you know, interviewing coaches, giving us updates, things like that. Um, but we'll also yep. have our Who's Legacy profile uh, coming out. Today was our first one uh, with um, – who did we do today? Oh, uh, Dave Butcher. Dave Butcher. Those, the all-time great wide receiver – uh, from IU. He had 30 touchdowns in 30 games. Uh, is still I think he's 6th or 5th on the all-time list in touchdowns. He's hanging on to 10th in the all-time um, career y- receiving yards. Uh, Simi Cobb is about 670 yards away from him. Uh, and This was in an era when they didn't throw the ball that much. Uh, he was yeah. part of that team that went to the Rose Bowl and then You know, we'll continue with other great players uh, throughout IU history, and and they'll be scattered out throughout the spring and summer. uh, So keep an eye out for that. And and don't be afraid to share. If you've you've seen these guys play or knew them personally, uh, share your memories of them. I I would love to learn uh, something new about IU football on every one of these guys. They're they're a fun thing to write, and uh, I'm sure they'll be – Uh, fun and interesting to read. So, TJ, we are out of time. Uh, Thanks for joining us uh, today, and hopefully we'll have a podcast coming up soon. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks, everybody,
2: as always, for listening, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed the spring game for what it was and uh, just uh, helped build some excitement for the 2017 IU football season that uh, I know we on staff are all, very excited about a lot of mystery, but uh, a lot of a lot of fun, and I, I think positive mystery, I guess, is what you can say. Um, and I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to the legacy series as well. So, uh, thanks everybody for listening and, and for checking in with us throughout the spring, and hopefully you continue throughout as we head into the summer.
1: Yeah, thanks for joining us. That does it for our spring game post game show. Uh, check out HoosierHuddle.com. We'll have Lots of IU football content coming up in the spring and the summer, um, profiling players, breaking down opponents, uh, and all that such. We'll have our all Big Ten teams as well. Uh, So thank you. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your uh, Wednesday uh, with some great weather the rest of the week. And today is IU Day, uh, so I want to send out Hoosier Nation happy IU Day, uh, and hopefully you enjoy it and you're wearing your – your cream and crimson today
0: this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge (sighs) The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage.